Welcome to the Everyday Ultra Podcast, a show designed to help you level up your training, crush your races, and ultimately become a better endurance athlete every single day. Whether you're an endurance athlete as a hobby or someone who wants to be the best in the sport, this is the show for you. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and thank you so much for listening. Now, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Corsione, and today, man, might be my favorite episode we've done to date so far. So it's really hard to wrap around an introduction for this guy because as I just posted on my story today when we recorded this, he's one of the most inspirational dudes I've known, one of the most genuine dudes, one of the most kind dudes, one of the most resilient dudes. Name any adjective there, he fits that mold. And I not only wanted to bring him on the show today because he's an incredible athlete, but most importantly, he's an incredible person. And when you hear about this journey that he's about to embark on, I know you'll be moved as much as I am every time I hear him talk about it. Not just the first time I hear or the second time or the third time. It's every time I hear him talk about it or post about it, man, I just get all the feels. But to give you some context into you know, some of the accomplishments uh, our guest today has done, uh, he has run multiple 100-mile races, 24-hour uh, races. He's done a Thorathlon. He's pulled a freaking truck for 26.2 miles strapped onto his back, uh, all in efforts to raise uh, awareness for causes that are bigger than himself. And let me just tell you uh, what he's planning to embark on and what this whole episode is going to be centralized around. So he is planning gearing up for the true triathlon. What is the true triathlon, you ask? Well, it's only the largest triathlon ever happened in U.S. history. And to recap what it is, 62-mile swim in the Bermuda Triangle, 3,000-mile bike ride from Florida all the way to the coast of California, and then running up the coast of California for 600 miles. Like, every time I, like, type that out or write it, it my mind's blown. But the most amazing thing is he's doing this all for awareness around mental health and going through his own background of dealing with mental health and helping so many people along the way. He's making that the forefront of this entire thing. And I just think it's just so amazing. So I will stop uh, hyping out because I can literally go on for the whole 45 minutes about it, but I don't want to take away from the time we have with our amazing guest today, which is Justin True. Justin, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Brother. <laughs> Dang, man. <laughs> Like the Bruce Buffer of podcasts, man. It's like it's like it's like that feeling when someone when everybody's singing happy birthday to you and you're just sitting there like waiting, like, oh man, like <laughs> thank you, man. I like I don't even know what to say to that. Thank you. That was incredible. Um yeah, honored for that, man. Thank oh, you. of course, man. It was all well-deserved, man. And uh, like I said, I can keep going on and on about it. And I appreciate the Bruce Buffer comment. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready to, to rumble with you on this podcast. It's going to be amazing. Um, but so for those who are, are know about my prior podcast, The Art of Fulfillment, uh, I had Justin on the show there. That was the first time we ever spec, uh, spoke. And we went into uh, his background, his story, a lot of the mindsets and principles. I encourage you to listen to that episode as well, just because it's so, so powerful to understand what uh, what made Justin the man he is today. And we're going to go into that too. Uh, and uh, But I totally recommend seeing that uh, episode as a precursor to this one. But Justin, before we kind of get into the triathlon, the details around it, your training, the community you're building behind it, a whole nine yards, give us a little bit of a background of who Justin True is and what led you to do these crazy events that you're doing to help uh, people more than yourself. Oh, man. Um, I guess that's it right there. I do these to figure out who I am. Like, I don't know who I am. Um, I feel a lot of us take it for granted. I feel like we just assume we know who we are. Uh, you know, we become 18 in America and we're considered adults and you're getting out of high school. You maybe go to college and you have life figured out, you know, who you are, you know, where you're going to be. And, you know, uh, really we have no idea. I mean, unless you're blessed with that, like gift of just knowing your purpose and yeah, man, uh, I thought I knew my purpose growing up and got lost along the way. And uh, endurance events were kind of the way for me to get back on track and figure out who I am. Mm. 
I love that. Yeah, that's freaking awesome, man. I love what you said. Like, it's like, I don't know who I am. And you're, you're looking to find that answer through endurance sports. What about endurance sports specifically has helped you to unlock some things about yourself and along the, the different events that you've done? It's an interesting battle between like, when you're out there on the road of doing a hundred miler, for example, like you're in such a solitary moment with yourself of, if you ask me what I think about, I have no idea. My first hundred miler took like just under 30 hours. If you ask me what I thought about, no idea, no idea at all. But I know like there's key points that I do dial into in my head. And it's, you know, one, I get into a weird zone at like two or 3 AM. It happened on the other hundred miler. I just start singing really loud. Like I'll start belting out songs. Like it doesn't matter, man. Anybody like I'll start singing <laughs> Um, some weird zone I get into makes them alone. I know nobody's out there. It's just me and the stars, man. Like it's a good feeling, but, um, throughout the days of just like chopping wood, you know, as, as the crew says, like, I just, I start pulling out like the shoebox of my past and start figuring out why I'm here. What, what put me here? Why did I get here? Why did I choose this? And I start just digging things out of that shoebox of, things that have happened and start unraveling them and finally starting to kind of chew on them a bit instead of tucking them away. And, um, you know, every hour or every 10 miles is a new topic and mm. starting to realize like how that's crafted me to the person I am today. And whether that person is a good person or bad person, I don't know. I'm trying to be the best person I possibly can be every day and every mile. Um, it's just a, it's just a journey. Mm-hmm. Oh man. I love that. I love that quote that you just said there, just trying to be the best person you can be like every single day through all these events and, and also just really unpacking your past and just being like, Hey, like, and translating that into what it means to be you in this moment during those races. Right. Because right. as you know, like sometimes people can have, I mean, in your past, I mean, it's just, it is uh, <laughs> like your story is, it's just so moving and touching and to see you like be the man that you are today, despite everything that's happened uh, in your past is I think a testament to how these endurance events have evolved. You would you agree? Yeah. Thank you, man. I mean, in short word, I just say it's a mess. Um, <laughs> my past is a mess. If I open that shoe box, nothing, nothing is categorized. Mm. Things just fall out and whatever seems to fall out first, I pick up and I, I think it over. Mm. Mm. And like when you, when you're thinking these things over, is it just like a, just a reflection or an acceptance or what kind of helps you through those moments? I think I chew on it long enough until I come to acceptance. And once I start maybe denying it and being like, this is why, well, I think, why do I think, why do I think I don't own it? Or mm-hmm. why is it not my fault? Okay. This, this didn't, this happened. Why is it not? Why is it? Why it's not my fault. And mm-hmm. I think, why isn't it my fault? And I will dial it around until I put the full blame on myself and I accept it because mm. it's my life. I'm going to own every single bit of it. So that way, when I finish this hundred, I did it. I can't, I'm not going to blame it on anything else. If I don't finish it, it's on me. If I finish it, it's on me. Like if you want to own the good, you got to own the bad. And during that race, I'm going to own every single bad moment there is. And I'm going to keep like, keep chopping. I'm going to get to the end. So powerful. Oh my God. I got the chills just saying that if you want to own the good, you got to own the bad. Like I, and I feel like that's such a powerful quote for transformation. Like you're saying when you own your, your mistakes and you own all those things, like that's where the, the real growth begins. And, uh, seeing as these endurance events are such a huge thing of growth for you, right? It sounds like you're about to go through metamorphosis in May with this triathlon, right? So, so walk me through, could just kind of like what your thought process was with this specific triathlon and, you know, why you chose to make it such this like amazing event. And what was your thinking behind it when you were, when you were piecing all the puzzles together? Oh man. Well, before you get into that about, you know, the process of becoming a new person after it, um, I had somebody ask me the other day, and they're like, do you think you'll be done? And I was like, no, man, I don't think we're ever done. I think after 4,000 miles, that's just the start. Like, I don't think we're ever done figuring out who we are. We will always pivot and change and need to learn and adapt and progress in life. That's how we become better. But um, for the triathlon, man, uh, like you said in that incredible intro, um, I just always had done things for other people, which I love. Like, I still want to do this for other people. 
but um, I just never put my mental health first and never thought it was ever a thing. So um, I was just sitting at work one day and was like texting my buddy who I text all my crazy ideas to. And I was like, Hey man, what do you think about like, if I was out at work on the East coast, I was like, what do you think if I just buy tome back from Connecticut to Oregon? He's like, yeah, man, that'd be pretty wild. And I was like, all right, like, eh, I'll think about it. Like I started looking it up and then there's like a race across America. Mm-hmm. Like there's a bike race. I'm like, yeah, been, someone's been there and done that. Like, I don't, I don't want to compete with anybody. I don't want someone to be like, someone did it faster. Someone did this. I don't want to compete with anybody. That's why I like doing these abnormal events because the only person that you should ever compete with is yourself. And therefore I know when I pull, when I, when I cross that start line, when I pull that trigger, like there's only me to compete with. I'm not ever going to think someone could be doing this faster than me or someone this, or that it's just me, man. And like, it's such a peaceful moment. Um, but obviously it is fun, like competing. We all love compete. Like <laughs> I love it. But, uh, you know, I thought, all right, what if I added like running? What if I biked to San Francisco where I'm like initially kind of from North Bay area and then mm. ran to Oregon where I live now? Like, that'd be kind of cool. And I'm like, well, shoot, man, I'm two thirds of the way there. Why not just add in a swim? And I've had this like weird dream in my head ever since I was little too, of like, it'd always be really cool to like, swim from one body of land to another and i never knew where that could possibly happen i was always fascinated with cuba growing up um i loved like geography but i just never thought of like myself actually doing it i just thought it'd be cool i liked Mm -hmm. pirates growing up everybody does (laughs) and uh like i still kind of do i guess like like the rangers but true and so it's just it's like man all right where can i swim from and then that's just how it crafted, I guess, you know, was one crazy idea of being bored one day and wanting to do something. And then, um, also a childhood kind of like fantasy, you know, and then, um, it, that's how it got crafted together and then thought, well, like, why am I doing it? I just can't do it because I want to do it. That's, I mean, it should be a good enough reason, but it's not like, mm. I want to make an impact somewhere in this world and not just for myself. It's cool. If I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do it for myself and possibly get a record. Like, I've never done anything for the intentions of getting a world record. It's just been something someone's been like, hey, man, do you know this is possibly like the fastest or the longest or the furthest? Like, I'm like, oh, shoot, that's really cool. But it's never my intentions. Um, Again, that's competing against somebody else. Mm. It's just my desire to do the best that I possibly can. And if that happens to get me there, then that's awesome. But if not, then... I did my best, man. That's all that matters. And, um, I needed to make an impact. So decided to go towards something that was important to me that I've never really spoke on. And I feel that I can speak really well on because I've been there, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, and I'm completely honest with it, man. Like it's a tough thing to be honest with, and it's definitely a process. It's not easy to speak about, um, our shortcomings or our, uh, traumas, but mm-hmm. like, I do it. I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy the, I enjoy, I don't, I guess I enjoy it. I enjoy the power that it gives to other people that they find in it and being able to speak their truth as we've kind of like started this recent campaign of people speaking their truth. And it's, man, it makes the triathlon even more worth it. If, if the triathlon even happened, like it would still be worth it, this whole process and who it's helped so long, so far. So um, it's just been a whirlwind creating it, man. Oh it's my been gosh. rolling creating it alone. Like if I could just create events for other people, man, let's do it. I'll just be a race director and then I won't do the race. Like, <laughs> I love it, man. I love the community that's brought together. Yeah, absolutely, man. And and I can tell that to, to paint everyone a picture of like how much Justin means, like when he's like doing this, like outside of himself, like, and I, I want to highlight this cause I will never forget it. Uh, when we were talking before the podcast, so I'm going to be, uh, helping Justin out in Arizona when he comes through. And I told him, I said, Hey man, like I'll have my bike. If you need me to ride with you, like, if you need me to crew with you, like, let me know, like whatever I'll do, like I'm there. And he looks at me and he goes with this big smile on his face. And he's like, dude, like the only thing I want is for you to be happy. You want to kick it and chill. Like, great. Like you want to hang out with the boys. Like you want to ride, like whatever, man, you do it. And I was literally like, dude, you're going to be like biking, like thousands of miles at this point. And, and the, the only thing on, on your mind was you wanted me to be happy. So 
like, I'll never forget that. And like to see you saying like, Hey man, like the only thing that, you know, you're doing this for is, is to help other people and build this community and, and stick up for others who are struggling with mental health are also, you know, in a position where they're dealing with someone who's dealing with mental health is just a, it's a testament, man. It's awesome. And one thing that you mentioned in there that I thought was so important is the community aspect. And so tell me a little bit more about why that's so important on the true triathlon and what are some of the things you're doing to build that community? Because as you know, a community is so important to running and racing and triathlon, whatever you're doing. So what does that look like in the true triathlon? And I feel like it's hard to talk about endurance events now and community without mentioning like the godfather of it all, Hector, like <laughs> Hector Rodriguez, good old HROD 619. Like, yes, sir. Um, man, this time last year, it was when I was starting like to play around with the idea of it. And, um, I said in a recent post, like I was a lone wolf, man. Like I, I thrived on doing stuff alone and being like, I did it. I didn't need anybody else. And, you know, I pulled the car. There's at times I pulled the car with no one there. I had to turn the steering wheel because my friends couldn't be there. Nothing against them. Everybody's got lives, man. Everybody's got lives and I'm not going to force somebody to be there when they can't be. Um, everybody's got lives, man. Like I had to turn the car. I got to turn the car. I got to be the decider of my own fate. Like, but I'm going to finish that and be like, I did it, man. I didn't need anybody. Like, because I grew up like that where I didn't have anybody, you know, I had to fight every single day to like make to the next day, literally. Like, so I just always grew up being that lone wolf. And so being able to go down to San Diego, um, be able to be in that community and see what it's like was just incredibly life-changing. Um, it changed my mindset on everything, my outlook on everything and realizing that I don't need to do this alone. Can I do it alone? Yeah. But do I want to? No. Um, it wouldn't be as satisfying. It wouldn't be as uh, rewarding. And yeah, it would just be a lot of self-gratification. I'm just doing it for myself. There's a lot of extrinsic motivation to it of being like, yeah, I did it. Look how cool I am. Like, I don't care, man. Um, <laughs> I love the intrinsic. I love the intrinsic motivation that it brings people together. Um, you know, we have people from the UK coming out now, like Hector's like Wolfpack is going international, man. Like I'm just, <laughs> I, like I'm just in the UK right now on a business meeting, man. I'm bringing, I'm bringing the Wolfpack international. Let's go. Um, like, uh, it's just cool, man. I'm so excited to get people from out here to see the community that he's built in San Diego. And that's now spreading across the States is just insane. Um, and that community is so strong and that's the intrinsic motivation that I have is to continue helping grow a community of people who support each other and go out of their way to give back because it's just, it's just what's right, man. Um, that's all really is all about for me is giving back to people. Uh, it started out, like I said, about just like, it'd be cool for me to do it, but it's just not enough. I need, there needs to be something. And I wanted to do something and I wanted to give back and I didn't know how to. And now it's like, I would never call myself a lone wolf, man. Like, I don't want to be one. I want to be part of a pack. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's beautiful. Like absolutely life-changing. Yeah, dude. Oh my gosh. And the way that you talk about it too, is just so, it's just so potent and powerful. It, it really, like, you can just tell how the way that you speak about the importance of community, how much of a rippling effect it not only has on you, but also other people in the community as well. And also the cause you're going for. And, you know, one thing that uh, I think is just so interesting are like the different things you're doing to help build community as you're going through the triathlon itself. I know you shared some ideas with me and I would love to love to hear that here because I think number one, it's totally beautiful. Number two, I think it can help inspire people who, you know, maybe are looking to build communities or even get involved in the wolf pack or anything like that. What are your, what are your ways to build community throughout this true triathlon? Oh man. Uh, So right now on Instagram, we're starting to run a kind of speak your truth uh, campaign of, you know, I share my stories and people go, all right, well, that's really intense, Justin. Like you paint a picture of being trapped inside of a dog kennel and being put on fire. Like I can't really relate to that man. Like I just kind of have like a low key, like I have rough days Mm -hmm. and all right, that's fair. Like not everybody can relate to me. I can't relate to everybody else, but I'm sure there's someone else who has messaged me and been like, Hey, I relate to this and I relate to this and I relate to this but I don't feel comfortable sharing my story or I don't know where to share my story. 
Um, I find power in the fact that you share your story. You know, they're saying that to me that I share my story. And it's like, man, all these people are flooding in. Like there's been hundreds over this last, like just six months of people throwing some really heavy stories out there. And I'm like, it helps me so much to hear that just to see you being able to voice, to speak your truth. Some that people have said stuff that they've never told anybody that it was with a family member and they've never told their husband about their fit, about their kids, but they've told me. And I'm like, it's just crazy to see that people are open to being so vulnerable and feel so safe and comfortable in this space that I want to, I want to expand that space. I want to create a, a, a kind of just a space on my page of just people speaking their truth. It doesn't have to be super deep. Uh, it's just you saying, you know, Hey, I'm struggling with this and I'm fighting, but I'm not going to give up. And this is me speaking my truth. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to keep, you know, finding ways to get help and to get better and to get stronger. And the community again is there to back you. You go to the one that Ohm just did. It's like, I, it's so beautiful seeing the responses in that right away is the utmost beautiful thing I've ever seen. Like people from around the world are like, man, I love this guy. I love his speech. I love his power. And they start digging into his life. And they're like, I, I can't resonate with your story, Justin, but I can resonate with him. And I'm like, that's all that matters. And so every person who is open to share their story, someone is going to be able to resonate with you that can't resonate with me or resonate with Ohm. Um, they're going to find one of them. They're going to find their buddy in that section and be like, that's my person. That person shares the same pain as me. And, you know, we all think when we're in trouble that, you know, I'm the only one who thinks like this. And then you hear me think like it and they're like, okay, well, Justin and, and I think like that. There's surely nobody else. And then all of a sudden you see five other people and you're like, dude, this is actually like, this is normal. I'm not weird for thinking this way. Mm. And again, it's the community coming together to be like, Hey, you're not alone in this. And that's just the first one. You know, uh, there's a couple other ideas during the triathlon that I want to do as far as, uh, disregard all money from sponsors. I don't care about the money. <laughs> um, I care about bringing people together and why you could wrap an RV with a sweet sponsor logo from whoever, from Nike, like, cool, man. But where's that go? Mm. That goes into pockets and that goes dollars are nice, but they don't last forever. Community lasts forever again. And that's what I wanted to be about. And so we're going to wrap it in an all white, uh, vinyl or wrap and bring on a marker, a Sharpie and people we pass along the way, whether it's at gas stations or grocery stores or rest stops or anywhere, uh, people will come out and join us for a couple miles be like, Hey, do you have anybody in your family that does, that this message resonates with? And I'm sure we all know at least one person, if not yourself, write your name on this RV, you know, in 2019, there was over 47,000 deaths alone approaching 49,000. And that's 2019, let alone the last two years that have just been a whirlwind for everybody. Like that's a big number, but you can't picture it. And when you see a gigantic RV wrapped in 5,000 names, like how many names can you fit on an RV? It's not that many. And you're going to be like, that's not even a fraction. That's a fraction, a small fraction of what actually took place that year. And uh, I just want to be able to paint the picture of like, Hey man, this is, this is bigger than what we think. And you know, it's pretty common. Like these are people like that, you know, probably like mm. this is, this is huge. Let's, let's talk about it. Like let's, let's come together. And uh, the final one is over 4,000 miles. Obviously, I'm not doing 49,000 miles, but um, I would love if people, I want to have a sheet on my website and I want to dedicate each mile to a family or to a family member, um, either one that has lost their life or one that is just struggling for, you know, a mom or a dad sees their kids struggling. They say, oh, I want to be a part of this. I want to dedicate a mile to them. It doesn't cost any money to dedicate a mile. Like, you know, if you've lost somebody, you've already, you've already lost enough. You don't need to lose a dollar. I don't want you to spend a dime on this. I want you to just dedicate this to them. So I know I have the honor of running that mile, of swimming that mile, of cycling that mile with your loved one on my, on my shoulders. And like, I'm going to, I want to bring life to that, to that person. And, you know, that is going to help me. That's that intrinsic motivation to be like, 
I'm not going to give up for this person, no matter how much pain I'm, I'm in right now, that person was in more pain than me and I'm not going to stop. Um, mm. And so that's just how I want to bring it together. And I want people to just come in and be like, Hey, I want the smile to be for so-and-so. And, you know, I want to, I want to be able to wear it proud. That's freaking so powerful, man. And like to, to see that, like, that's going to be like on the forefront of your mind throughout this is not only going to be obviously so powerful for you, but so powerful for others, right. To, to show that saying like, Hey, in this moment, like Justin's like, he he's going to be hurting. Like, there's no way about it. And he is not even thinking about himself. He's thinking about other people. He's thinking about putting other people in front of it. And I think like, I mean, that message alone just not only gives a voice to those who maybe struggle to put it out there, number one, but it also inspires other people to speak up for themselves maybe, or even seek help or look for help or anything like that. Or even maybe they're not struggling, but it empowers people to think about how can I help, right? So in all those different facets, that is just incredible, man. And like, so that, that'll be like the number one thing, like going through your mind throughout the entire entire trap. Like if I were to say like, what is going to be the thing that gets you through the most, would it be thinking about that and everything or. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, cause I know when I do my, when I've done these last couple of races, like the one thing I think about is like, as we talked in the last podcast, my mom, like she went through so much pain, like she got stabbed like seven times. Like, mm-hmm. I think, man, if I call my mom after this and cause I'm a mama's boy, I'll call my mom and be like, Hey mom, like I didn't do my, I didn't be, I didn't, she wouldn't care, but like, I bet, Hey mom, I didn't finish my race. Like I backed out at like mile 43 and my foot hurt and she'd be like, Oh, okay. And in my, she wouldn't care at all. She'd be like, okay, like, that's fine. Like, you know, you, you have something big coming up. Like, you know, you take care of yourself, whatever. In my head, I'm like, no, my mom's going to be like, are you kidding me? Your foot hurt. Like I got stabbed and I didn't give up mm-hmm. your foot hurt and you gave up. Like, man, I'm not in pain. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm uncomfortable, but I'm not in pain. There's people who are in real pain in this world. And like, what I'm going to be dealing with is just uncomfortable. Mm. It's fixable. What I am going through is fixable. What other people are going through, it's not fixable. You can't fix depression. That is with you all day, every day. You just learn how to mitigate it a bit better and handle it a bit better. Um, I'm just uncomfortable, man. It's not pain. Fuck, man. That's so powerful. God, I got goosebumps. I wish you can see like through the screen right now. Like it is God to even just reframe it like that. Just to say, it's like, I'm not in pain. I'm just uncomfortable. And you know, these are things that you choose, right. As opposed to just some things like depression or like, uh, even to the extreme case of your mom, like, or cancer, like these are things that like people can choose and to see you, uh, highlighting that is beautiful because, and listen, like there's nothing wrong with this, but we see, you know, endurance athletes out there all the time who are like, Oh, like he's so tough and he's so strong, but I'm on the same page with you, man. Like I, I see the people struggling with depression. I see the people struggling with cancer and I see the people who have gone through terrible things with your mom. And I'm like, those are the strong people like those right there, man. Like, I mean, it's crazy. Like just to see that. And I, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you using this platform to put the focus on that as opposed to like you said, like, cause I agree. I, I feel like it wouldn't be, as fulfilling, I guess is the right word for, uh, for, uh, to bring back the podcast in there, but as fulfilling, if it was just this yeah. self grandiose accomplishment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not really what life is about is mm. boost ourselves up. You know, um, mm-hmm. if, if you're doing the right thing, I think other people will boost you up for it. You, you shouldn't have to boost yourself up. And that's not why I'm doing it for other people to boost me up. But like, if you're doing the right thing, other people will talk about it. You know, I don't think Michael Jordan ever really went heavy on himself about calling himself the greatest. People did it for him. Like, you know, he knew people were going to do it because he was like, he knew it. He didn't need to say it. Uh, I guess Tim Grover goes in a lot about being a cleaner. If you've uh, read Tim Grover's books. Uh, Love that book. And, like the cleaners don't talk about it. They just do it and people will talk about it. And so, um, yeah, it's a, I don't know, man. <laughs> Fuck, man. It's another powerful thing. Jordan never never touted himself as the goat. Other people did it and he just did the work. And dude, you're out there doing it, man. And 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 God, it's I'm so fired up. But I'm sure the question going through a lot of people's head too, like, so 
first of all, before we dive into other stuff, I definitely want to just say one thing. If there's one thing that people can get from this podcast, it's A, the importance of community, that it comes with doing just big things that are bigger than yourself. And number two, the fact that you're focusing on other people who are going through issues to drive you through this triathlon. Like, I think if anyone can take one thing away, uh, is just how important that is. Uh, and, and I hope people are inspired to up the world. And I think that gets to that community aspect, like you're saying, right. It's like, you're building a community, not only to help the people within the community, but also to help the people out of the community, you know? And, uh, I'm hoping that's the the number one thing people take away from this, uh, podcast, because it it definitely impacts me, uh, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't want to take it away from anybody else who does have a legitimate injury during a race. Like if you have an injury, like you have an injury and you're hurting, like I understand, you know, um, but when people say like, oh man, this triathlon's crazy, man, it's, that's going to be so hard. Like, no, it's not like it's an option. Mm-hmm. I can quit at any point. Like failure or quitting is always an option. Quitting when people are like quitting is not an option. Yes, it is. It's the easiest option you can ever take. And these races you is the easiest option you can do. And that's about owning it. When I finish it, I know that quitting was an option and I didn't go for it. I didn't choose it. If you tell yourself quitting is never an option, you're immediately taking that strength out of your hands being like, Oh, well, I had no option. I kind of had to finish it. It's like, no, man, that was there. That, that, like that crack pipe was on the table. And I said, no, like, you know, I said no to it. And, uh, there's power in that. And I think that's how you gain confidence in that. That's how you gain self-confidence in yourself. And we have a lot of lack of that. And, uh, you know, have confidence in yourself have confidence in yourself believe in yourself and i don't want to discredit anybody else's injury like if you have an injury you have an injury like there's no way around it it hurts but you chose it Mm -hmm. you know i don't know so anyways yeah (laughs) bro i i I think my like headphones are like on fire with how just fucking just amazing that was like that was uh I want to repurpose that clip like and have you share that on social media or have, I'm going to share it on social media. man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just like freaking amazing, but it's so true, right? Like that mantra gets thrown out a lot. Quitting's not an option, like blah, blah, blah. But you're robbing yourself of the confidence that's going to be coming from yeah. it, knowing that you could have quit. Like, and man, it makes me think about my one friend this one time. I won't get too into it, but he was trying to quit dipping, like chewing tobacco. Oh. And I remember he always had the tin out there. And I was like, Hey dude, if you're trying to quit, why don't you throw away the tin? And he's like, well, seeing it there just makes it much more powerful. And honest to God, I never really understood it until you just said that right now. Like, I'm not kidding. So, uh, <laughs> fuck man. It's so true. Uh, so that's crazy. I like that, man. I've never thought about it like that is yeah, man. Ooh. Yeah. Well, Hey, you, you said it and you packaged That's it in cool. there, man. And, uh, <laughs> fuck, that, that gives me a whole new perspective on quitting, but, uh, I know the question going through a lot of people's head right now is how the hell is this guy training for this? Like, how is, like, what, what are, what are all like the trainings and, and the nutrition and the time and everything like that? So tell me, and I know this is like, uh, yeah. it, it could just go on and on, but what is the, how do you prepare for something like this? Because man, like it is, uh, <sighs> Like, as you can tell, my brain's short circuiting, just thinking about it right now. How do you, uh, how do you prepare for something like this physically and mentally? Man, as much as I love the logistics and the planning and getting people involved, like the sports science of it is my thing is my jam. So I love that we get into this. Um, it's, it's different when you think of a triathlon, I've had a lot of people talk to me about transitions. Are you working on your bricks? Like the closest thing I see to a brick is like buildings outside. Like I'm not doing brick runs. (laughs) Like, there's no point for me to do a brick run. Let's just get that out of the way. Like, I get during a triathlon in an Ironman, you do bricks, like, because you're going so intense that you're transitioning immediately. Like, I will transition immediately, but, like, I'm not rolling at, you know, zone four heart rate. Like, I'm rolling at zone two. My transition is different. Um, I'm not going to be dealing with, you know, the lactate threshold of my leg that's blowing up when I transition to the bike from the bike to the run, I'm going to be dealing with like, you know, saddle soreness, chafing, stiffness in my legs, nothing with lactate threshold at all, which is what you kind of prepare for with bricks and doing like endurance or kind of sprint events compared to this. But, um, that was the big one is, you know, people were telling me how to like, or, Oh, you should, you know, just transition like this. It's like, I don't have to worry about that, which is a weird thing. 
Um, another weird thing is tapering. We're all, we're all aware of tapering. You taper for triathlons, you taper for hundreds. Like there's no tapering for this, mm. which is the craziest part. Like in my head for the longest time, I thought, all right, we're starting May 1st. All right. So a taper is what, two weeks out. So, mm. okay. Well, two weeks out from May 1st, I'll start tapering, but I'm biking a week into May and I'm running three to four weeks into May. So my taper already starts the second I hit May 1st. So why would I start it earlier in April mm. if I'm going to be running at the end of May or middle of May? So there's no taper. So I'm like, oh man, I, if I have 14 weeks right now, as of today, I have 14 weeks till the start. So Dave, technically, if you, if you add in a taper, you're at like 12 weeks, 11 weeks, you know, like, man, I don't have much time. Like I have February and March. And then in mid April, I taper, like I have two and a half months and you start freaking out. And I'm like, wait, no, I have all of April, all of April. I'm grinding mm. because my taper for the bike is the swim. Mm. And my taper for the run is the, is the bike and the swim. And it's like, trying to reorganize your training and keep that in mind of like, there's no cooling down period. I'm going balls to the wall until May 1st. And then I have to start because my taper is forced. Mm -hmm. And so it's a really weird concept to think of, um, you know, to, I'm just happy that swimming is first because I think your swimming cardio and endurance goes kind of like goes South pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And, running is kind of just in our, in our like DNA, you know, um, mm -hmm. biking is obviously I'm only going to be a week off of biking. So I think I'll keep up the calluses and like, you know, my saddle soreness and everything else. But if it was the other way around where I swam at the end of the month after not swimming for a month, like, dude, that'd be brutal. I've done that recently just from, you know, traveling back from San Diego to London. Um, I didn't swim for about three weeks. And, uh, I hit the first pool and dude, I got so, I got so scared. I was like, dude, I can't swim. Like I was swimming four to six hours in San Diego. Now I swim an hour and I'm like gasping for air. What's wrong. I'm panicking. Like, did I just screw myself? And I'm like, no. Okay. I remember how I built this up. I'm going to build it up again, but even faster and I'm going to keep rolling. So just from the taper to the structure of an actual triathlon to this has been super interesting. And, uh, Right now, as far as I'm training, um, while it might not be what my coaches want, um, I am still lifting heavy. I still love it. Um, I feel it helps me a ton on the bikes. Um, I've, I, I was, you know, I was out in San Diego cycling and uh, Hector, who I was riding with, man, he was like, dude, it looks like you're hardly even pedaling. Like you're pushing, you're just flying. And I'm like, I think that would be because like, I just have a higher power output from lifting. And I can't get on a bike in London. Like I can get on a stationary, but that's not identical. Um, it helps with saddle soreness for sure. Mm -hmm. So my two main primary, all I'm doing week in and week out is swimming and lifting. I lift about three times a week just mm -hmm. to, just to gain strength. Like I don't care about like bodybuilding or anything. I just want to keep up my strength, mm -hmm. uh, do, you know, a deadlift day, a squat day, and like a decent, like shoulder arm day just for swimming. Cause that's kind of like what my coach wanted. She just didn't want me to do like 500 pound deadlifts. She's like, you don't need to do that. And I'm like, yes, I do. So, um, you know, I don't know. Uh, it keeps me happy. It keeps me going. So basically all I care right now is to swim. Like it's the make it or break it. If mm. I don't complete the swim, the rest of it is a fail. I don't know what, how I would even transition to it. I don't know if I'd be able to stay in the game mentally for the bike, but, uh, how we focus on things in life, man, one foot in front of the other, you can't focus on taking, you know, your third mile if you haven't done your first. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to worry about running or biking until I'm done with swimming. And because if I focus on biking and running and I get to the water, the yeah, I get to the ocean, I'm like, oh, shoot, man, I didn't focus on this. I was focused on what was coming next. I miss out on how to do this. So I need to focus on this. I'm swimming like crazy, um, kind of in the mesocycle of December in January was kind of a repeat of my muscle cycle of how it would go up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously it started back in September was kind of the volume phase. And for a couple months held the volume phase, uh, November and December was just chopping away. Like, you know, day one was four hours. Day two was six hours. Day three was a rest. And then 
day one and day two again. And, uh, yeah. So now I'm back into the part where my volume has gone down and my speed is going up. We're working on technique, uh, kind of picking up my pace is when people see me swim those miles, like I know we were talking about it. Like my pace was slow. Like I think anybody could have done that pace for that long. It's just monotonous. It was like mm. 235, sometimes like 240. If I just felt bad that day, like mentally, I just didn't want to go. Uh, but now I'm down to 210 per hundred. Damn, son. Holding, yeah. So that's holding for about like a uh, 5k pretty happily. So tomorrow I'm going to head out and do a 10k and hopefully hold the 210 to 215. Uh, but basically that's all I'm focused on right now is intensity and technique, uh, probably for January and February. And then my, that will kind of plateau out. And then I wish there was like a graph. We could just like a whiteboard. Um, (laughs) and then for February and March, February, my, my volume is going to pick up March. My volume is really going to start getting high and then ride that plateau through April. And then just, you know, peak in a uh, peak in May. So mm. it's basically just finagling the swim, man. The swim is just a beast. Yeah. And I still am just so fascinated by your comments about the tapering, right? Because like at first when you were like, like it wasn't tapering my brain, like, you know, conditioned to all the training is like, you're not tapering. Like, Oh my God, you're going to do all those miles. But then when you explain it, you're hundred percent right. Because like that first week, you're not going to be biking. You're not going to be running. Like, it's just, it's basically, you're taking a break from that when that is in and itself a taper for those next sports, right? Like, what do you usually do to, to taper for a run? You'll hop on a cycle, you'll bike, you know? So that makes so much sense. And it's so cool to see that you're focusing on the swimming, going all in on that. And one thing I also want to highlight is how you choose to keep lifting in there because you enjoy it. And it's funny you say that because I actually just had on a guest on the podcast who talked a lot about injury prevention and things like that. And one of the things we talked about was when you do things in your training that you don't like as much or don't make you happy, that actually hinders your performance because mentally you don't like it. So interestingly enough to to see that you're keeping it in there because like, hey, I like that. I mean, that's going to serve you in the long run. Plus it's going to, you know, give you all the, the, the watts you need to, to make some of those yeah. times on the bike for sure. Yeah, definitely. It, um, I, I use it as like a treat as like an incentive, you know, I have to get my swim done and then I can lift today. Mm-hmm. If I don't, if I don't swim, then I can't lift. So mm-hmm. I use it as like a, a, a treat of like, Hey man, I'm going to treat myself today. I'm doing a lot of stuff that I don't want to do. Trust me. I don't want to swim every day. I don't want to, I like, that's not, that's crazy. Like no, nobody, unless you're like in love with swimming, which I, I am now, but some days you don't want to do it. So like, Hey man, I love lifting. I can lift every single day, but like, I'm going to, I have to get in the pool today. If I want to do what I love, I'm going to have to do something that I don't like right now. So yeah, it's kind of a treat, but um, yeah, man, it's, it's a, it's a weird balance. And it's kind of like just writing a blueprint for something that I think that's the funnest part is like writing a blueprint for something that's never been done is like, as we said, like the community and building logistics is fun, but like the sports science and the physiological response to everything going on is like, is where the nerd in me comes out. Like I love talking about it. I love the nutrition of it and everything. Yeah. And, and I know you mentioned nutrition in there. Like, so, I mean, you're burning so many calories today and plus you're a big fucking dude. I mean, so like when I, I remember when I first saw you at uh Indian Wells, when you surprised me, I was like, holy crap, Justin is a freaking giant. I was like, this is like, like, and, and that like in, in perspective too, was just like, damn, like, you got to be, cause like you burn a lot of calories just existing, even if you didn't do anything. So like, what is your approach to like dieting? And I, and I personally love your approach to dieting. First of all, like I know some people, they're, <laughs> they're just idiots out there, but, uh, but what, yeah. like, what's your approach to dieting? Cause I know a lot of people oh. are probably thinking about that. Dude, my dieting thing is probably the funniest thing on Instagram. Cause like, people, <laughs> some people, people hate me for it. And some people love that people hate me for it. And like, really, I like, I it's how I grew up. I'm a shithead. And like, I like, I purposely antagonize it with people just kind of like having fun. Like maybe it's the Californian in me where I think we're just more so like being shitheads, you know, like people from New York are really aggressive sometimes. Like you don't get the, like that personality. And, um, it's a certain type of personality and culture you're raised in. I think that's just like the North Bay, like California to me, like Bay area is just like, I just like messing with people, but I mean it with like nothing but love. And, uh, actually everything I eat is probably plant-based. Like I'm, 
I'm a hundred percent vegetarian. Mm. Um, people like don't understand that people see me. They're like, no, you're not. How are you that big? And I'm like, I just eat a lot. Like mm. I'm vegetarian. Um, I don't really eat any, you know, I don't know, don't really eat much bad. Like I don't like eating really bad food, especially like in the amount that I have to eat. I did it as a couple like cheap, not cheap meals. I hate the term, but like I do it as a bunch of like, uh, basically like eating challenges. I had to gain so much weight for swimming. And, uh, yeah, my, when I first met my coach, she's like, how much do you weigh? And I was like about 207. And, um, I went to a body scan out here and I got kind of like measured out of what my body fat is, what my muscle mass is. And the doctor, I wish I would have, I'm going to go back in for a checkup. Um, I got it done in July. I'm going to go back in for a checkup at the end of this month, um, to see what I've kind of got to, which is going to be not what it should be. I needed to get fatter and I definitely have not. I've probably just either stayed the same or gained more muscle. Um, for most people that's like, Oh, sick. No, <laughs> but he's, he's going to hear it. And my coach is going to hear it. And be like, what have you been doing? And I'm like lifting weights. Mm -hmm. um, so, Oh shoot. You're um, good. Hold on. Yeah. So there we go. And uh, yeah, man. Uh, basically he just told me, he was like mind blown. He was like, I have never seen anybody come in here. One with the objective to get fat. Like everybody comes in here with like, I want to lose weight. I want to do this you literally just want to get fat. Like I can't write you up. We don't have a program in our computer to calculate how you need to do this. Like just go buy a couple cakes outside and eat them. And I was like, all right. And so, um, <laughs> you know, he's like, I can't even charge you for that. Like just go eat. And uh, he's like, you, I've never seen somebody come in here out of all the people like from across the world with the body scans, like database. He's like, you have the highest, uh, basal metabolic rate I've ever seen. He's oh like the God. average person burns 1400 just sitting there. Like the average person's like 1400. He's like, yours is 2400. So Whoa. just sitting there, like sitting here, I burned 2400 and that was back in July. So I'm curious to what it will be now, but that's not like a, a brag in my sense. It's just like a, it's a fact of like what I have to overcome. So like today I went and swam 5k and lifted and my watch is telling me I burned 2,500 calories. So like that plus the 24 I'm already burning, I'm rounding up to 5,000 calories. So if I do not eat 5,000 calories today, based off a 5k takes two hours plus an hour of lifting three hours of fitness. Plus just being alive. I have to now eat over 5,000 calories. Like that is a ton. And that's only three hours. Like I'm going to, when, when I was down in San Diego, I lost so much weight because I was putting in six to eight hours a day. Like I'd be in the pool for six and then I'd go hit the bike with Hector for two or three, or we'd go get on a short run. Hector and Brandon and I, like we'd always be getting it in San Diego. Like I was the metabolic, the caloric burn was insane. And I just couldn't keep up with it. When you're doing that many hours a day, obviously your caloric burn is going to go up through the roof three hours. It's already at 5,000 or I lose weight you double that, let's say to six hours. Now I'm at 10,000 calories. How do you stomach 10,000 calories while working out? And I'm planning on, you know, going for 12, 12 to 18 hours a day, like for a month. And so basically my coach is like, you need to get fat, like in order to become more buoyant and water, because right now you're just a brick. Like, I think I was the third, I hate saying this cause it just sounds like I'm bragging, but it sounds like I'm the third, uh, was it? I'm in the third highest percentile or like the third percentile or the top 3% in my age group in muscle mass in the world. And Damn. so she's like, you are literally just a brick. Like you are built to sink. You are not built to swim. Um, so like you need to get fat. Like, and I was like, well, how fat? And she's like, you need to gain at least like, I think it was 5% body fat, which is like, or 5% more fat. And it was like, that equates to being 230 basically. And oh. after a couple of months, I like, you do the math of like, you know, 30, let's say I'm 210 to 30 is that's 20 pounds times 3,500. That is your surplus that you need to gain. Like on top of, so whatever 20 times 3,500 is. And then, so 20, 40, 60, 75,000 surplus. On top of that's not even burning it. That's just a surplus. 
So on the top of the 5,000 that you eat per day, you need to start adding up to that 75. Like the math, like you picture that scene in the hangover when, when like Alan is sitting at the table and all the numbers are floating. Like that is all that's going through my head of like, what, how is that possible? So yeah, they're not going to be happy with the numbers they see because I have not put on any fat really. I've tried my best, but it's funny. After I actually did that, I got those uh, results and spoke to my coach. I went and picked up two cheesecakes and I ate them and I got really sick. And the next day I was like, wow, man, this. that's crazy sugar rush. Like it, it had to have been the cheesecakes, man. Like it had to have been I'm refusing it's COVID. <laughs> and then finally, finally, four days later, I was like, all right, man, it might not be the cheesecakes. It was COVID. <laughs> it was definitely COVID. It wasn't the cheesecakes. It was COVID. So I couldn't put that on the cheesecake. So uh yeah, man, it is the I mean, just all like it's just so crazy. It's so interesting. Like I could literally talk for hours and hours on it because there's so many different facets to this of nutrition and the insane amounts you have to eat. Um to the logistics of it, to the actual physical training of peaking and approaching it differently to a triathlon, but yet it's a triathlon is it's fascinating to me. Yeah, dude. It's, I mean, my mind's blown just listening to you just like speaking it. Cause I, I mean, just the eating, like I, and I know how much you eat cause I follow you on Instagram. I see like your calories and everything, but just to put it into perspective of like having 10,000 just to maintain, plus you need another like three K to go surf, like 13 K like, God, like that is a lot of fucking food. So, oh my gosh, man, this is, uh, and then lastly, like uh, the last point, cause we, we hit the training, we hit the nutrition. What about recovery? How are you approaching recovery? How are you going in with that? What, what does that look like with you? Oh man. Um, I was doing an amazing job with it in San Diego. I was rolling out two hours a day, um, an hour in the morning, an hour at night, uh, with stretching, like felt incredible. Um, I've really dialed back on it now. Um, I just gotten like lazy with it, man. So like before we hopped on this and you're, you know, you're saying that like things that I, I have said have like gotten your voice, but yeah, man, uh, really just working on my shoulders, working on mobility for, for swimming really. Like that is the key importance right now is just shoulder mobility and just keeping like my upper body loose really. Um, yeah, I'm not really too worried about anything else as far as legs rolling out. When, when I was running in San Diego, it was like I, the reason I was rolling out so much is because I was trying to recover from the running and recover from the biking because that's going to mess up, you know, your hip flexors. Mm -hmm. Everything's getting super tight. Um, and it was taking a lot of time away from swimming and eating, which I needed to do. So not that they're not important to do the running and biking. It's just I need to prioritize what's first and what's first is swimming recovery and eating and it's just man there's some times where like i i get home from the pool at 9 30 i the, literally the pool closed at 9 30 i'm out i walk home 20 minutes it's 9 50 by the time or it's actually 10 because i gotta change 10 by the time i get home i gotta make dinner or go to the grocery store go to the grocery store make dinner uh still haven't stretched yet and have to shout like this seems like just basic stuff. We were like, oh man, you're complaining, but it's like literally one o'clock hits, and I'm like, I haven't showered yet. Like I'm not going to shower. And then four days later, I'm like, I still haven't showered. Like oh, I just okay. don't have time to shower because I'm trying to knock everything out in the day. Because I pop on my phone, I'm doing logistics, mm. you know, uh, doing the admin for this, and then trying to make this happen on top of doing the physical training to make it happen. So I don't let anybody down. I know people are like, man, you're not letting anybody down, but in my head, you know, like yeah. I, it'd be letting people down. So the mornings are filled with admin work and business of it. And then the second half is, you know, actually starting to train for it. And I get home at nine 30 and I'm not in bed till one and I haven't even showered. And so the recovery is like, what, what do you do? You know, uh, if you've ever done the four by four by 48, with yep. David Goggins, you know, I always think you have choices. You can either stretch, sleep, or eat. And you can do two of the three. You can't do all three. And <laughs> it, it started playing a thing, man. And I was like, that's kind of what this is. Like, what is, you should really start weighing what is a priority and what's a luxury. Showering is a luxury. Like, I've been in places in the world where you can't shower, man. Like, it's a luxury we have to be able to turn on hot water and just clean up. So, you know, 
I got to roll out. I got to recover. If I smell, I smell, man. But like I'll shower eventually. I need to be at peak performance for everybody else. People around me can deal with the smell, man. <laughs> I got to be, I got to be on top of my game for everybody else who's relying on me and counting on me out there. And, you know, on top of all this, like I said, in the morning, man, like I started a business with this, uh, a nonprofit organization. And like, that was a lot of my work in San Diego mm. outside of swimming was starting that, uh, just going through all the paperwork, uh, which is the true dreams project fund. And that's going to be like my nonprofit that I'm going to roll with through all my projects now to just, just keep this going. It's not a one-off. It's not, you know, I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. I just, I think I can always keep helping people. Mm, That's freaking awesome, man. And I am always mind blown at all the things that you juggle. And so listen, Hey man, like I don't blame you for even showering like once a week, if that comes into it with all the stuff that you manage. So man, man. but, uh, God, Justin, I, I want to keep talking with you for hours and hours on end. And I'm sure this won't be the last time you'll be on the podcast. Would love to have you on again after the triathlon to talk about your experience and, and your learnings and uh, everything that's coming out with it. Cause I know you got uh, podcast episodes and, and uh, the documentary and everything there too. So uh, this won't be the last time, hopefully to have you on and uh, dude, I'm sure everybody listening here right now wants to follow along the journey, wants to be there for you and even support the true triathlon as you head into it. So where can our listeners do that? Where can they support the triathlon, follow you on social media and anywhere to go to be a part of this incredible accomplishment you're about to head on? Uh, So uh, on IG, uh, just the real Justin true. um, I'm right there. And if you go to that, uh, the link in my bio on there is truetriathlon.org. Or you can just type that into the web browser and it'll bring you right to the page to look at the press releases, the trailer that we have. We're about to have a new trailer coming out soon, probably next week or so. That's going to be sick. Um, just a whole new vibe, man. It's it's in the UK. It's in some like ancient places. We're like right next to a we're next to a brick wall where I'm like, this wall is literally older than anything in the US. Like <laughs> it's gonna be cool just bringing this atmosphere like again community around the world together like we're all in this together no matter what island you're on like we're in it and so uh i'm really stoked about that trailer coming out i'm stoked about bringing two countries together in this and uh just spreading the love and uh yeah everything you can find on there man uh the people can find the you know i hopefully we'll have the dedication page to dedicate miles up soon mm-hmm. they can find the donation page on there they can find all the podcasts that we've ever been on so if they want to hear the one that we were on before that's on that uh just everything man is on that page and uh basically just instagram is where i'm most active so those two places and then if anybody wants to you know virtually or live man just get in some work doing the triathlon man if you can't make it to the triathlon like you can pop on live, man. You can pop on Instagram and swim with me. Uh, another good buddy that I got um, that I did a uh, podcast with who's out in Utah, man. He's going to swim 60 miles while I swim my 60, but he's going to do his in a pool. Just what? out of salt. So, like, just being in that, like, people don't have, you don't have to show up mm-hmm. where I'm at. You just got to show up where you're at. Fuck yeah, man. I love that. And that just goes back to building the community and, and really just building this thing into, uh, just a thing that's going to help so many people, uh, across the journey. And, and I encourage every single person here to follow Justin, to support him on the cause, to share his message, share his support, because I'm telling you what, what Justin is doing is incredible. He's an incredible dude. And, uh, there, there's no, no guy or, or cause that I could think of that's more deserving than you brother. So everyone here encourage you, please, please follow this guy and, and support him all you can, because, uh, He's more than well-deserving. And Justin, for my last uh, question here that I ask every single guest on the podcast, what can someone do every single day to be a better endurance athlete? Ooh, um, show up when you don't want to. Um, I think, I think there's all days when we don't want to do it. And those are the days that really matter, you know, just show up. There's, you know, that's going to make the difference. That's, I think that's the difference between an endurance athlete and, you know, a sprint athlete, like, <laughs> yeah. like not to draw the line there, man, but like endurance athletes, man, you got to do it every day. Like just show up. You got to show up when you don't want to. 
I love it. And I love how you said that's the difference between endurance sprint athletes because, uh, you know, endurance athletes aren't uh, sitting on the bench for a broken toe or anything like that. So just like nope. specifically you, like yeah. uh, with the broken toes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If we haven't mentioned that, I, I do have two toes that were broken in November. I ran 100 miles on them and I keep <laughs> doing my things on them now. So, uh, yeah, man, it's you can't let it stop you. It's just the, like we said, it's uncomfortable. It's fixable. Mm-hmm. 100%. And you're not in pain. Uh, you're just uncomfortable. Well, I love that. That's going to be a quote I think about for a long time. Justin, my brother, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. I appreciate yeah, you. Man. I appreciate you too, man. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Everyday Ultra Podcast. Appreciate you listening in. And if you have any topics or guests or suggestions for the show, I would love to hear that because I want to make sure this show is so valuable to you that I'm able to provide all the things that you're looking for to become a better endurance athlete every day. So if you have those things, feel free to send them over to me on Instagram at Joe Corsione. That is my handle, J-O-E-C-O-R-C-I-O-N-E. And I'd be more than happy to fit it into the show, reach out to the guests that you're looking for, and ultimately give the value that you're looking for. Um, If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it. Uh, Would love to get more ultra runners and uh, people in the ultra endurance community listening to this podcast because the more this podcast grows, the better we're able to serve you as well. And so thank you so, so much again for listening in. I tell you, I do not take it lightly. And remember, my friends, become a better endurance athlete every single day. Take care.